The following program is paid for by Channel Mom Media. The show made for moms and families. It's Channel Mom. My name is Jenny, and I'm a mom, but I once lived a more glamorous life as a TV reporter. I was on the nightly news interviewing pop stars and politicians. So when I left TV to become a full-time mother, I quickly found out what we moms are up against. Our world glorifies the rich and famous. For what? I say let's honor the moms who are raising this world's next generation. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Oh, yes, we are. So glad to have you on board. I hope you tuned in for a reason today because I want to tell you some hard news, some tough stuff, something that every parent should know that you might not want to hear, but uh, the good news is that there's a remedy, that there are tips to deal with this. And and just about every 21st century parent in America needs to know what we're about to talk about. And and um, I hope that you care enough about your child to deal with, and I'm, and I'm sure you do. So here's the deal. Uh, we want to help you stop the effects of screen use um, from hurting your children. You know, too much screen time, too much phone time, too much tablet time, whatever it is, uh, it's been proven to harm our kids. There's more research that comes out every day. I was just talking to an expert about it yesterday, uh, the author of Tech Savvy Parenting, and, and all the the kind of dire consequences that phones and and time on social media has for our children. And, and, and it's everything from they see grades go down pretty significantly, especially if a child is getting more and more addicted to being on their phone, to texting, to Snapchatting, whatever. Um, grades go down. Behavior tends to worsen. Promiscuity tends to go up. Depression tends to go up. So there are all kinds of things. This is real stuff. And I don't I don't like to be a scaremonger. I mean, it came from TV news where everything was scary all the time. That That's not why I tell you this stuff. I tell you because I'm a parent myself and I've gotten a little freaked out about this the more research I've heard and and sometimes my husband and I have been good about imposing rules and sometimes we haven't been so good so I want to help you impose rules that will make a difference in your child's future this stuff lasts forever employers will check on your child's digital history and it can be a make or break situation for your child getting a job or not when they get older so I really hope that you'll spend time Listening to this today. Okay, so there, there's a movie out there called Screenagers, which I watched not too long ago about screen addiction, about what's happening to our teenagers, about how uh, our children in general are behaving differently because of screens. And I just want you to hear a little soundbite from the beginning of that movie, Screenagers, to, to kind of set the stage. I learned that you spend on average six and a half hours a day looking at screens. As a doctor, I decided I needed to understand the impact of all this screen time on kids. And as a mom, I needed to know what to do. Okay, and she explains that the, stati- the statistics out there are not good. And in fact, um, Brian Hausman, the, the author of the book that I, that I spoke to yesterday, said that the average child, and I believe I have this statistic right, it's going to blow your mind, the average child spends about 10 and a half hours a day on some kind of screen, with, in, in interacting with some kind of digital media. Ten and a half hours. So here's the deal. I want every mom and dad, whoever is listening now, to hear. You're allowing a screen to raise your child if you don't find ways to interrupt that time. And I'm guilty of it. So this is not me condemning you. I just want to help you. So we've got some incredible tips today. And the other super special thing that I have for you today is that my daughter, Miss George Grace, is on the show with me today. And you may not love her as much as I do, but I certainly love her and I'm glad she's joining me. Welcome to Channel Mom, Georgia. 
Oh, thank you for having me. <laughs> She's been doing the show with me. And actually, way back in the day when we just did videos on air, you were like four when we started those, three or four. Um, but she's been doing the show with me for, I don't know, eight years now. So I'm glad to have her. Here's what, what Georgia is here for. Because I, because I know there are parents driving in their car right now and mom's listening via podcast later and mom's listening on the radio. And I love you. I do. I, I really do. I pray for you guys. I love you. I want what's best for you as mothers, and I want you to be able to raise your babies well because it impacts our world, and, and just for your own satisfaction, frankly. I want you to enjoy motherhood. So so that's why I do stuff like this. So I'm thinking about you sitting in your car and, and listening to this and thinking, well, what's new about this? What can I hear? Well, I said, Georgia, I'm going to have you on to tell moms and dads what they may be miss- missing. Now, she's not a perfectly behaved child, so I'm hoping she's going to be somewhat honest about what goes on on screens so that you can get some insight. So we did not allow Georgia to have a working phone, the smartphone, until she was 15. She was able to use something for texting, but she wasn't able to have a smartphone. So you got a smartphone when you were 15. Yes. And how did, how did it impact your overall well-being? How did it change your day? Um, not as much as... I mean, it wasn't like a huge drastic change just because I had my iPod touch um, before that. And so it was really just the difference between calling and texting outside of like a Wi-Fi server. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I definitely use it a little more than I use my iPod uh, just because it's like a, I wouldn't say coping, like social coping mechanism because... Um, I notice in crowded rooms when, like, no one's talking or you feel awkward and you've run out of things to say, people pull out their phones and pretend to do something to look busy. I don't I, I do not do that because I don't understand it. It's just stupid to me. Yeah. Um, but I definitely see myself using it more and more. And I try to, I, I try to keep myself not you using You do it sometimes. So it's a social crutch. Yeah. It's a social crutch. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you think, because you were super looking forward to getting a phone, like cuckoo crazy looking forward to getting a phone, do you think it has made you happier? Um, not the phone itself, like not the material phone. Um, talking to my fr- well, I don't know. It affects me emotionally a lot, definitely. Good or bad? It's, you know, it depends. Because if I see something that makes me laugh, obviously... I'm going to be happier if my friend texts me and asks me to hang out, then I'm going to be happier. But sometimes on the other end of that, you see something that makes you sad or someone says something to you that's not nice. And then, well, just, just yesterday, I won't go into it because you would slap me in the studio, but just yesterday you were dealing with the drama. So the drama that was coming at you in your phone, good or bad for you? Probably bad. <laughs> yeah, bad for you. And the mood changed because of the drama that erupted on your phone. Mm-hmm. And and I think, oh, and 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 I, I, I here's what I, I want you to do something kind of meaty right now for the moms and dads out there. What are kids doing on their phones that you think parents don't realize? And be honest. Don't. I mean, yes, this is Christian radio, but be honest. Um, I can't speak for all kids. I mean, I'm not doing like I'm not like dealing drugs on my phone. If no. that's what you're thinking. No, no, I don't think you you are. <laughs> I think sometimes you're getting stuff that I would rather you, that you not get. Um, True. But, but what do you think some people in your school are doing that parents may not be aware of? Um, just some of the stuff that they see on like social media is like explicit content, Wh- whether it's in terms of like just like gory images or um, political stuff. I see a bunch of political stuff on social media. Um, to influence your child yeah politically one way or the other yeah what about Um, sexual content like exchanging pictures 
probably. Is that pretty prolific? Yes. Be honest with the audience. Um, from the time you got the phone, you were 15, brand new 15-year-old, were you asked by boys for nude pictures? Just be honest. Mm, yes. Yeah. And, and more than one, right? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia loves this conversation. And so it, it's, the, it's what happens. So I'm going to give you some statistics. And I'm, my hope is that it'll wake some parents up. 39, which basically 40% of teen guys and teen girls say that they've sent sexually suggestive text messages. And often that will include pictures. And um, my son, who's 19 now, says, you know, he's, he has gotten unsolicited photos from girls. And he's told me numerous ones that um, were, you know, nude in the front or nude in the back, whatever it was, just showed up on his phone. And he, he's reported it to me when he was younger. He reported it to me immediately. And then my daughter has said multiple guys have texted her. And, and our expert yesterday said they'll say SN, which means send nudes. I know this is graphic material today. I'm hoping nobody's got a toddler in the car with them that's like, what's going on, mom? But, but I just want you to know it's prolific. Like almost 50% of kids are involved in that kind of behavior or being asked to be involved in that kind of behavior. And, and so it's something you got to monitor in a phone and it's changing their lives because as a result, if a girl's posting her, her, herself, actually the, the expert yesterday told a story about how a girl had, had sent her boyfriend a, a bunch of explicit material of herself with no clothes on. So after she broke up with him, he got mad. So he, he took all of the nudes that she'd sent, printed them out on a computer, laminated them, turned them into playing cards, and they played playing cards with her photos, and you can imagine what those looked like, in a locker room with all the other boys. So he was convicted of some kind of... Um, you know, aggravated sexual charge and, and well, not aggravated, but, but yes. And then she left the school. So that's what can happen. And it's brutal. I mean, do you know that girls, as they post stuff and as they get feedback on stuff, and I, I know you have a friend that's been bullied kind of on through the media by the way she looks, by some stuff about her face, do, it, it, the, their image out there, is it impacting how they feel about themselves? Definitely. Um, SN, it's not a real thing. I've never... You've never gotten an SN? No. Well, this expert said that's what they say. So they actually just say the real deal. Yeah. They, they say, please send a nude to me. Or, no, like pictures is usually... And it's it's cryptic way of saying that's yes. what they want. Okay. Mm. But hold on. How's, how is a girl's image being impacted by what people say about her on the media? Like, are girls more likely to like be super skimpy? Are girls more likely to constantly you know, pucker their lips and, and put on a filter and just constantly be worried about how they look on their phone? Well, yeah. Um, I think part of that is social media and what we're seeing constantly on, like, Instagram or not really Snapchat, but, like, Instagram and Twitter. Um, just seeing, like, fitness models and, like, Instagram models that are in, like, perfect shape that can use Photoshop 24-7. Um, so it's not the real thing that you're seeing usually. Um, and also, yeah, just, like, standards that we're held to. Standards as you're held to. And do you see it impacting your friends that they feel worse about themselves based on somebody's comment? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and again, as I've been doing some research, the, the effects of media usage among eight to 18 year olds, all of these things can happen depending on the amount of usage that they're delving into. Their grades can go down by as much as one or two you know, actual grades from an A to a B or a C. Um, they can uh, lose friends. 
there's often a correlation between them losing friends and how much time they spend uh, in, with their media. They are less likely to get along with their parents. They're less likely to be happy in school. They're often bored. They get into trouble more after they are spending too much time with media. And they're often sad or unhappy or depressed. And I've actually seen my daughter's mood change. We took her, her phone away for three days once. And she was a happier person. And that's a proven fact that the kids are happier without their digital devices. No kid wants to hear that. And a lot of parents don't want to hear it because it's a convenient thing to hand a seven-year-old when you're, you know, in a meeting and you don't want to have to deal with a conversation that you, that you don't have time to have. Um, so I just want, before we go to break, cause it's going to come up here soon. And then we're going to, I want you to know, this is the great part of this show. We're going to have you hang on to give you tips, to, to give you signs of addiction. You're going to figure out maybe my kid is using too much time with a screen or too much time with a video game or whatever it is. We're give you some signs and we're going to then tell you some tips, easy boundaries, not stuff that's going to make your life crazy, but easy boundaries to set. That's going to make your family happier. Literally, this is linked to happiness. So, so Georgia, what have I missed about the, the bad or good effects of a phone and, and, and interaction with screens. And you can talk about anything, games, whatever. Well, I mean, I'm not like a spokesperson for using a phone. I'd rather that we, none of us have phones because I don't really like them. Um, well, okay. So why do you say that? Well, it's just like, it's just annoying, especially when I'm trying to have a conversation with not like a, Oh, hi, how are you? Conversation, like an actual conversation where there's content and I'm talking to them about a specific thing and we go deeper than just how are you um and they pull out their phones instead and they scroll through Instagram and I'm like "Eh, okay I guess I'll pull out my phone too and not talk to you yeah it's a distracted world and it's Mm -hmm. in some ways it's a not a a world of not eye contact not connecting not caring Mm -hmm. and you've gotten mad at me rightly so because I have this habit right before we go into a store of pulling out my phone and you're trying to tell me something and I'm talking looking on my phone yeah and they, and they say that that's causing a division between parents and children, correct? I mean, you yeah. get mad at me when I do that. Yeah. Why? Well, because it feels like the phone is more important than the person that you're with. So it feels like, from as a mom, that mom doesn't care as much about you as she does about her phone. Yeah. And plus, you know that they're just totally involved in their phone and what's going on. They know You know they're not listening to you. Yeah, and they're preoccupied with their phone. Okay, we're going to be back with to you know signs to discover whether or not your child's spending too much time on their phone and some remedies. Stay tuned for the remedies because I, I want to help every parent out there. I do want you to know that my friends at Connect Education are really helping children with learning disabilities. Uh, one testimony is from Hannah who said, it's been only three weeks since our consultation with Connect Education and my daughter is actually enjoying reading. She usually doesn't want to stop when she has reached the end of her oral reading time and she she keeps on reading and reading and reading. That's what this woman says. So you can get in on a couple of their free phone appointments left in June to get help for a struggling learner. Find Brianna and Pamela at connecteducationco.com, connecteducationco.com. And I know they can be a help to you. So do that. And we'll be right back with Channel Mom.
mission of the Life Center is simple. Transforming communities, period. Located just south of downtown Littleton, the Life Center meets immediate needs, provides opportunities for development, and shares the hope and truth found only in Jesus. Whether you need help putting food on the table or reaching your goals by learning English or finishing your GED, find out more about our services and volunteer opportunities on our website, lifecenterlittleton.org. Here's the deal. Channel Mom is made for moms because moms have one of the most important jobs on the planet. We serve you through the media like our radio show and podcast and YouTube channel with helpful interviews and advice. We do outreach from others through churches, speaking events, Channel Mom coffees, and now in prisons and for moms dealing with homelessness. We'd love to serve you or have you volunteer with us because moms need to be honored. So tell us if you need a speaker or help from our outreach or just want to become a partner to keep Channel Mom thriving for moms at ChannelMom.com. It's Channel Mom Radio with Jenny Dean Schmidt. We're here for you. Hey, welcome back to Channel Mom. So glad to have you with us today. I want to tell you about a place that could change your child's life and their heart. I say this because I know kids who have been there and have come back with something new inside. Just listen to Autumn's story about Camp Idrahaji. I came out of camp finally thinking for the first time, like, um, no matter what happens, Christ has got it, and he's, he's doing this for a reason. And I knew that to start with, but it was instead, um, whatever, like, I know that I'm accepted no matter what. And, you know, whether they divorce or if they get better or whatever happens, like, it's, I am perfect, you know? And not in a physical way or anything like that, but, like, in God's eyes. Camp Idrahaji in Bailey, Colorado, points campers to Christ, and they now serve over 3,000 campers each summer. They offer a mountain lab school, outdoor education, and retreats for church groups, too. Their newest offering is the Idrahaji Christian Camping Internship, a year-long paid internship, which you should check out today. Spots are filling up fast for Camp Idrahaji's summer 2018, so register today at idrahaji.org or 303-838-0685. Do this for your kids, Mom. idrahaji.org. And the thing that I want to add to that is I've seen kids' lives changed by that camp where they went in depressed or they've had family struggles or whatever, and they come out and they're God-directed and God-focused and they have a new purpose. So please know that. And also a little note about Life Center. They help single moms and struggling families. They have a ton of stuff there. So if you know somebody that could use a food bank or a shelter or English and Spanish classes or GED classes or counseling or legal help, oh, my goodness, you have to direct them to LifeCenterLittleton.org. Okay, we're back. We're talking about navigating your child's digital life and uh, I'm with my daughter Georgia and so glad to have her on board because she's given us some honest stuff. I want you to know that I'm going to play a soundbite now in just a second about um, signs that your child's addicted to the screen or that it's impacting their life in negative ways and then secondly some tips for what to do. But after that I also want to talk about how it impacts boys through gaming and in particular uh, our family's been through a school shooting and how they've tied some kind of gaming to, to aggressive behavior. So I, I first want to make sure we get to the the soundbite because it's got great advice. I did recently interview Brian Hausman, the author, uh, the author of Tech Savvy Parenting, Navigating Your Child's Digital Life, and he gave us some signs, and then he gave us some tips that I want you to pay attention to. If you see that your kid are, is agitated towards you, that they're not eating, that they're not sleeping properly, that their skin is breaking out, 
that their grades are dropping, that they're distancing themselves from friends that they've once had for a long time. These could, these could be uh, traced to any number of issues, but one of the likely issues is teenage depression. Uh, going back almost 100 years to the greatest generation after World War II, that that was the height of teen depression and anxiety in our country, was when all the fathers were gone off to war. And then we saw over the next 80 years, teen depression and anxiety drop year by year until five years ago. And then it's gone up each year the last five years. And psychologists and sociologists are attributing it to social media. But one of the things that we try to do with our family is make boundaries not specific to our kids, but that the boundaries are for our family. All meals, family meals, are technology-free. So when we sit down at the dinner table, no one, including myself, is allowed to bring a device to the table because a family meal lasts about 13 minutes. And in that 13 minutes, if you don't have devices, you have the possibility of having a conversation. I'm not saying it's going to happen. The likelihood that it just might happen. And so it's not that we're trying to whip them into right behavior, but just remind them that let's not let these things affect us, our relationship with each other. And the last one is this, and this is for parents. When you're with your children, be all in with your children and don't let the screens come between the two of you. Meaning that if you're in the car and your kid's having a conversation with you and your own cell phone rings, don't answer it. It doesn't matter who it is. That you, you, Your time with your children is so limited. I know that you know this because your son's away. My kids are in college now. You know, I, I would love to have those moments back, and I just don't get them back again. And so when you're with your kids at bedtime, your little ones at night, and your phone vibrates, don't answer it. Yeah, we set an example that way. Did you do you think Mr. Hausman saw me in the car with you with <laughs> maybe <laughs> always being on my phone? I'm not, I'm not always on my phone, but I'm on my phone too much sometimes when I'm with you. When you and I are trying to have you know girly day or mother daughter time, mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, okay, a couple of tips to add to that, and then I want to get to the last issue for you. Um, they also say at the end of the evening, or, or maybe actually before the end of the evening, so your child can sleep, maybe eight or nine o'clock, you should set a cutoff time for your whole family of we're putting all our screens away. And then you have charging station away from bedrooms in the kitchen or somewhere like that where everybody has to put their phone so people can rest and read and, and read the Bible and whatever they need to do before they go to bed and, and get disconnected from screens. It's better for your health. It really, they've proven it. It's better for your family's health. So, so have a cutoff time at night and that's better. Okay. So the video gaming thing, I want to tell people, we've been through a school shooting as a family. My husband is the principal at Platte Canyon High School, and Platte Canyon was through a school shooting years ago, and and my kids were through it indirectly because they were in school and had to be pulled out of schools and evacuated. And uh, I went through it because my husband went through it. And there is a link between playing a lot of violent video games and aggression in some of these school shootings, a lot of these school shootings. Do you see the boys that you know being addicted to video games or playing them a lot, and what does it do to them? Yes, so the latest craze is Fortnite, um, which is definitely a a war game. I could only think of the Spanish word for that for some reason. (laughs) Um, And I see, so I have a friend that doesn't play it, and then his brother, he does play Fortnite. And his brother is way more of like an aggressive person than my friend who doesn't play the game. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, so I already just see it affecting him there. He might already just be kind of more of an aggressive person to begin with, but I think playing the game has definitely increased that. Um, also, there, I my other friend, her boyfriend was like blowing her off to play Fortnite 
which I thought was just the weirdest thing ever. But that happens. It interrupts relationships. They say video mm-hmm. game addiction interrupts relationships. If yeah. you see that, you need to put a stop to it. And they'll act like they're coming off of heroin. They say it's almost like a, they say it is like a drug. It's like coming off of heroin to come off these things they're addicted to. And um, there is a link. Lieutenant Colonel Dave Grossman, if you want to look him up, he's done a lot of research on this stuff about the links between violent video games and mostly boys acting aggressively. And there's a link between uh, those video games and a lot of the school shootings. There really is. Now, some people will dispute it, but he's got a lot of really sound research. Okay. So we, so we want to end, and I want to see if you, you have any more um, advice for people. But this stuff is real. It, it causes depression, social media depression. It causes people to have interrupted relationships. It causes drama. It causes suicide. It causes an increase in sexual behavior. There's definitely more interactive porn among teenagers, which they never could do in the past. I mean, they're not going to do this with Polaroids for the most part, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Although Polaroids are coming back, they say, Polaroid cameras. Um, so so we just want to make sure folks know that it's a problem and that you see it. I mean, do you see the impact, the negative impact of phones on your friends? Definitely. Um, especially when, the, and it just makes me angry for the most part, when one of my friends leaves her phone somewhere or she can't find it and they just go into like this mode where they're like, oh, I have to find it or I don't, it's not in my hand. What am I going to do? Yeah. And they like freak out. And I, I mean, sometimes I could not care less where my phone is. Yeah, which which I'm glad for. Sometimes me, sometimes when my phone breaks, I'm happy. Yeah. My phone was broken for a week. I'm like, yay, I'm disconnected. It's fabulous. I can just be with my kids. And, and, and Brian Houseman was right. You cannot get the time with your children back. So I adore my children, as do you, and, and you do not want the digital world to take over your parenting and to take over them being a child with you because you can never get it back. So please be warned today and be blessed and be helped by the advice and the information we've given you today. Georgia, it was a pleasure to have you on the show with mom. Oh, thank you for having me yet again. (laughs) We'll go have a girly day now, even though you're a teenager. We'll go shopping, right? Yes. Okay. Uh, Thanks for listening today. I do hope that you can get some help from us. We do all kinds of outreach, not just on the airwaves. My mission from God, other than raising my children and trying to be a good wife, is to serve you as a mom, to encourage you, to cheerleader you, to to advise you, to help you, um, to make you understand that you have the most important job on the planet raising our next generation. So I want to help you however you can. You can volunteer with us or you can get help from us. Find out more at ChannelMom.com. We've got a way for you to donate there. We've got a way for you to volunteer there. You can be a part of our Channel Mom in Prisons program or you can help somebody else get involved with our Forever Moms program. Also, for homeless moms, we've got Homestretch Moms, would we help mentor moms back out of homelessness? All kinds of stuff in churches, in homes. We've got Channel Mom coffees that we do for you. And then on the airwaves, we'd be blessed to hear from you at Channel Mom at Gmail and uh, anywhere on social media. We're at Channel Mom. Weigh in on the show today. You could do it on Facebook. <laughs> That's me telling you to use your digital device. Sorry about that. Uh, go home and enjoy your kids and turn off your digital devices. God bless you. Thanks so much for listening to Channel Mom. Thank you, Georgia Grace. here on Channel Mom Radio. And if you believe the media should be doing more to support moms and encourage families, then why don't you come alongside the efforts of Channel Mom? We'd like to offer you our partner package today. We'll send you a Channel Mom's Best Tips for Moms, as well as a beautiful bling t-shirt when you sign up to be a partnering monthly donor at ChannelMom.com. We live in a world that demeans the importance of moms and belittles the value of family. Research shows the family is breaking down in America. But Channel Mom aims to stop the family breakdown, starting with the moms. 
We depend on our donors to help us, to put this show on the air, and to do outreach for mothers on the ground, supporting them in their parenting, marriages, addiction issues, and more. So become a Channel Mom partner today and be a part of the change you want to see for mothers and families. Just go to ChannelMom.com and click on Give to CM, and you'll see our donate button there. From the moms at Channel Mom, thank you. And may God bless each mom and her family. 